Old Testament reading for today is from the book of Isaiah, starting at chapter 66. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious abundance. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip, and bounced upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass, and the hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, and he shall show his indignation against his enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading for today is from the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in him, himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand now for our Alleluia in verse.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from that house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the t- judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, a blessed Fourth of July weekend to all of you today as we come together celebrating God's gift of this nation in which we dwell. A nation that's full of sinners and saints. A nation that has existed now for quite some time with many freedoms guaranteed under our ruling documents. But yet, so often you and I, we are often likely to forget about all the tremendous blessings we have and only focus on those things that irritate us, those things that seem to be going wrong, those things that aren't quite right, and we focus on those things 
without even noticing that we're missing all the joy from all the many blessings God has indeed given. Uh, today, as we look at God's word for help in our day and age, we go to the book of Galatians. And here in chapter 6 of Galatians, you really get Paul's to-do list for Christians. Now, as we look at that, I know that many of you also keep to-do lists. Maybe, uh, you know, you have that list on the refrigerator that you write out all the things that need to be done that day. Or maybe you keep a calendar on the wall where you write it. Some of you might even keep it in the notes in your iPhone so that you're all kept up with, so that you make sure that you get everything done that you set out to do. And to-do lists are good for us because it lays out before us our plan for the day. Now, some of us, instead of writing out notes or putting it in our iPhone, we keep it all up here, right, in our minds. We keep a mental list of those tasks that need to be done. And periodically, we monitor our progress, right, toward completing those tasks. And as we do, we find some things that we've left undone. And in our text today, Paul gives us, as his readers, a spiritual to-do list. It includes helping to restore a person entrapped by some sin, carrying another's burdens, monitoring our level of pride, sowing to reap a spiritual harvest, doing good to all people, and living as a new creation in Christ. Now, doesn't that sound like a great list for the day? Now, I don't know how many of you have ever checked off all those things on your list, but this list seems quite heavy and seems like quite a burden. How can we do this? I mean, how can we mark off those things that are actually really done? And the answer to that is the fact that we can't by ourselves, by our own power and strength, do these things. That it's not something that we naturally, by our own will, can accomplish. But with God, all things are indeed possible. And so that list need not seem so daunting because we know that God is opening doors every day for us, that he is there to show us the needs of others so that we may step into those areas and accomplish his purposes. So what are some of these things? Restoring a fallen brother or sister. Have we done that recently? Have we checked on those who used to sit in the pews with us? to see how they're doing? Uh, have we really kept a watchful eye out to make sure that someone doesn't fall into sin? Especially those who are, are very much tempted and vulnerable. Are we ready to aid a fallen brother or sister? And when we see someone who has indeed fallen into sin, what do we do? Is our temptation to ignore them? Or take a I don't want to get involved attitude? Well, see, Scripture tells us that when we're addressing someone in need like this, someone who has fallen, we are to speak the truth in love for the purpose of restoring our brother and sister. Not for shaking our finger at them, 
but rather for them to be lifted up, to acknowledge their sin and return and repent. And so as you and I think about this, how do we restore someone who's fallen, who has gone to sleep in their faith, who has kind of been on autopilot? And you know, we can confess that we at times also, we fall into that habit, right? We put our faith on autopilot and just expect it to keep growing and, and enhancing our life. Sometimes, though, that's really difficult because we exclude ourselves from the body of Christ. We are not participating in worship or prayer or study. And by doing so, our faith grows weak. And that sometimes is what's happened to a brother or sister in Christ. And so while we respect that person's privacy, their self-esteem, their dignity, we still need to help them in a spirit of gentleness. Now, you might remember that last week, one of the fruits of the Spirit was indeed gentleness. And that is something that we need to give evidence of as we're talking to these fellow believers. And, of course, while we're in the midst of that, trying to help them in their difficulty, we must be careful that we don't fall into the same darn difficulty, right? Um, you know, that as we're helping someone else to say, you know, we need to have you back in worship again. And, you know, when they don't respond immediately, maybe our heart grows a little harder and we decide we don't need it either. And so we got to be careful that we don't fall into the same temptations. So that's all about restoring another brother or sister. And so there's a lot to do there, a lot of things, because there are people connected to us, right? Connected in our families, in our friendships, that have gone asleep in their faith and that need an alarm clock, such as you and I, to bring them back to the alertness of being participating in the growth of their faith. And then, you know, Paul also brings us that we need to bear other people's burdens. You know, our Christian lives are lives that are shared in communion with one another, in union with our Lord. And so bearing someone's problems is really helping them out. Now, so many of us, we like to think we can do it alone. And, you know, I'd have to say I'm one of those. I get into that track. I can do it all by myself. Just leave me alone. Let me focus. I can do it. Well, that's great if you think you can do it. But so often, we're not able to do that all by ourselves. You know, I, I remember a time when I was single and I was moving from apartment to apartment. And, you know, everyone, I had friends around me saying, well, let us help, let us help. I said, no, 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 I get it. I'll just move a few boxes every night and I'll get there. Of course, I'd forgotten that I own a piano. And that, you know, moving a piano from one apartment to another means you have to lift it somewhere, right? It doesn't just roll everywhere. And so, you know, one person can't move a piano up a flight of steps, but four or six people can accomplish that. And so Christian life is indeed a shared life, something that we work together in, that we work side by side getting the job done. And so when we're helping someone else with their burdens, 
we're also sharing life together. And that is something that is a very precious thing in the eyes of our Lord. Because bearing someone else's burdens lightens their load. And, you know, as we need that reminder, especially after being isolated for so long due to COVID, you and I, we know that we're so much better when we're around others, that when we are in connection with one another. And so today, we, we open ourselves up as God's people to bear other people's burdens and to remember that God has given us a family of people to be his church in order so that we would be aided in times of need. And then, you know, if we're really focusing in on these to-do things of St. Paul, you know, what is growing now in your spiritual garden? After all, you have to have a garden in order to have a harvest, right? You've got to have planted something. And so the law of the harvest is you reap what you sow. So if you sow the seeds of materialism and greed, you reap the evils of selfish ambition, envy, idolatry, hatred, discord. And I don't know about you, but I don't like any of those. That doesn't sound right to me. So how about if we sow in our garden, our spiritual garden, the seeds of kindness, so that we might reap joy and peace and goodness, gentleness and self-control. And of course, always, that we should not grow weary in doing good, but rather be excited about it, joyfully go about the things of God's kingdom. You know, I know that there are a few probably around you today here in church that, well, when the alarm went off this morning, they said, ugh, they sounded more like the Grinch than they sounded like a joyful saint. And maybe that's you, maybe that's me, but yet God is still working his creation in us, right? He is recreating us. And so by being here today, our hearts are being strengthened. Our lives are being transformed by God so that we don't grow weary in doing good. Now, just a, an example of how this all might work together, because I kind of want to bring all these strands that we've been talking about this morning into one. So just imagine early in the morning that your unchurched neighbor comes over to talk to you about her marriage problem. And later that morning, you drive a church member in for radiation therapy. And then that afternoon, you visit a neighbor who's in the hospital. And in the evening, you bake a casserole and take it over to some new people in your neighborhood and invite them to attend church with you. And then a little later, you receive a phone call from the VBS superintendent at your church who's asking you to teach. Now, do you say, enough is enough. I've already been doing my job. Or do you say, sure, I can do that. Do we do some things grudgingly? And I would say yes, but once we get into them, we find the good that comes out of them. And so St. Paul reminds us over and over to not grow weary, but to sow 
what we want to harvest, to water those seeds of kindness, and to be patient while they're, while they're growing. And so, all those things on our spiritual to-do list. Now, we can't do it all. We can't even do a little bit of it. Only the power and the energy afforded to us as new creations in Christ enables us to do that. And Paul, you know, he's always keen on pointing us where? To the cross of Christ. There is where we find our strength because Christ is the one who paid for our burdens, for our sins. And he is the one who is making sure that we are made new in his image and that he is working on all those things that we left undone in our lives, on our checklists. And remember that in baptism, as we started our service today, our old self was crucified with Christ. And the world with all its sinful desires and priorities, well, that's been crucified in respect to us. And so we have new desires now, born of the Spirit in us, strengthening us. We're not fearful slaves submitting to a harsh taskmaster, but we are new and thankful sons and daughters of the King. That when Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of my brothers of mine, you did for me. So may in Christ, our thinking and our priorities, our to-do checklists, be changed so that we're doing the spiritual gardening that God would have us do. So that we are indeed being involved in relationship after relationship. That it's the people that matter. Because that's who Christ died for. And you and I are such people. Transformed by his death and resurrection, we have joy. And so, if you have a to-do list today, make sure you add on to it and show kindness to others because God has shown kindness to you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.